welcome to our second episode of Gamers TV. I am your host, Tortuga. And I thought we would start this episode with a few announcements. First one being thanks everyone who gave us some feedback on our first episode. We really, really, really appreciate the feedback. Um, we have shared it with amongst ourselves and, you know, taken a lot of what you said into consideration. Um, and we're definitely going to grow and continue to improve this podcast. So definitely be on a lookout for that. But we really, really appreciate the feedback. And, you know, the same with this episode. Give us your thoughts. We had a lot of praise. And I really do appreciate hearing from all of you in the community. So thank you. All right. So next up is our Discord server. So last episode, I said that give us a follow and, and search for us on Discord, which apparently is not an option unless you're partnered with Discord, which we are not at the moment. So what I went ahead and did was add our server to a public Discord search engine, which is which could be found on disboard.org, and just do a search for Gamers TV, and we're actually the first one that comes up. So give us a search. Go ahead and join us that way. If and you know, and if you want to join us and you don't want to use Discord, you can always give us a shout out on our Twitters, and we can always invite you that way. Next up on our announcement is Pixel has reached affiliate on Twitch, which is huge. So congratulations to him. Um, if you haven't checked out his Twitch, you can find him at twitch.tv forward slash pixelated visionary. So, uh, give him, give him a, a, a check. If you enjoy his voice on the podcast, you will definitely, definitely enjoy it a lot more on his stream. So definitely check him out. And so a little bit of bad news is Punisher won't be able to join us this week. Hopefully he can make it next week. Uh, we expect him to, but does come with a bit of good news that our fourth member, David, is here this week to join us. And um, yeah, so that's it for our announcements. So let's start off with David, if you don't mind just introducing yourself so everyone can get to know you a little bit. Hi, guys. As my friend mentioned here, my name is David, but you can call me Books. See what I did there? And um, pretty much I just want to start by, you know, introducing myself and just giving off uh, maybe what games I like to play uh, right now. I did just get a uh, fight stick for my birthday, so I've been grinding them fighting games, and that's probably my favorite genre. Um, but I also like stealth action games and uh, sports games, if you will, because I guess everybody else here doesn't like it. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. You know, um, I got a couple topics I would love to discuss about today, and we'll get to that later on. Well, I mean, I mean, we might as well start off with you. So you mentioned that you like playing a lot of fight sticks, not the best genre in my book but to each um his own i guess um what kind of fight games do you like to play so right now um big you know dlc coming out for mortal kombat 11 aftermath i'm kind of excited for that i've been you know practicing with that uh with that game i've been playing a lot of tekken um i have been working from home and that gives me the opportunity to to play more i guess because you know it just makes it a little bit easier um, to squeeze into gaming. Yeah, I probably shouldn't be saying that, though. But um, another <laughs> another game that I did get uh, for my birthday that happened, you know, was a few days ago, is Undernight Inbirth. is the game that's been around. It's been, like, re-released a couple of times. I have the latest version. And Grand Blue Fantasy, I do want to say, Grand Blue Fantasy has to be probably one of the best fighting games that are out right now. And um, just been, you know, trying to learn the games. There's a lot of them. Um, that one itself doesn't have a lot of characters, so it's not going to take me long to learn all of them. But it's just playing, you know, so many different fighting games and trying to learn the characters. I I'm still trying to find my favorite one, uh, but so far it has to be MK11. That's been the most interesting to me. 
And, uh, you know, again, Aftermath is coming out. I'm super excited for that. Three new characters, new story mode uh, content. Why Why is that MK11 your favorite out of all those? Well, it's not that it, it that doesn't make it my favorite. It's pretty much been my favorite for a long time. You know, I, I when I first started gaming, I was maybe like, what, four or five years old? Uh, maybe a little bit too young to be playing this kind of game, but Mortal Kombat 3 was the first game that I've ever played on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, Every single, I mean, ever since then, you know, I, I, I just, you know, love Mortal Kombat so much so that I have a Mortal Kombat tattoo. You know what I mean? So <laughs> do you really? Oh, no, you have Scorpion, Scorpio, Scorpion. Scorpio. I have all the ninjas on my arm. Yeah, Scorpion. Well, all I definitely ninjas. did that's not pretty, know that. Um, yeah, so, so with Mortal Kombat 11, so what, I guess, what is it about the, the gameplay that you enjoy so much? Um, is it the, the, the combos, the fatality? Like, what makes this one stand out for you? So when it comes to this specific one, um, it wasn't actually this one that rekindled my, my passion for fight games. It was Mortal Kombat 10. I think I like that one better than Mortal Kombat 11. Um, but I was just staying on the topic of, of recent games. You know what I mean? So okay. uh, Mortal Kombat 11, I feel like it, it's just so, you know, the gameplay is so smooth. The net code is amazing. Uh, when it comes to the characters, there's a lot of, um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with fighting games like that, but Japanese games tend to use the same moveset for each installment for, for the, you know, for the character. Like, Mortal like Kombat changes their moveset. Yes. Like Street okay. Fighter, Tekken. Uh, they, they pretty much stick with the same movesets. You know, a lot of people like that, but I just like how, you know, NetherRealm Studios switches it up every single installment. You know, you have to learn a brand new moveset for each character. Um, you have to learn, you know, how each character plays and 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 how you can um, how do I how do I say it? Like mix-ups. You know what I mean? Like if you are gonna play one character, you have to learn like who is their pretty much their kryptonite. Who can you know their counter? Their counter. Yeah. Right. Right. Much. Good counters. Okay. So. I had a question because I don't play fighting games like that. And I have this issue when I play a specific genre, like I guess games under the same umbrella of genres where if I try to play Halo or Call of Duty or what's another first person shooter, um, CSGO, Valorant, if I do any of that, I have a hard time basically keeping up with the different mechanics. So I can't master any game i end up being like a jack of all trades master of none kind of thing is that not an issue for you learning all i know you said the japanese games keep the similar movesets so does that mean you stick to japanese games because of that benefit no i mean to be honest that's that's the reason why i like nether studios better than uh, the other ones i mean at least right now i've been getting a lot into tekken um but then again tekken 7 is the first installment that I've played in a while, I think before this, I played maybe two on the PS1. Um, and I haven't played any install any installment since, you know what I mean? So Jeez, that's a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Mortal Kombat is one that I've pretty much played every single installment. You know what I mean? I've owned every single Mortal Kombat game. Um, maybe not the first two because I was, you know, again, I, I, they came out probably before I was born. But, you know, they released the Mortal Kombat uh, Gold, which had the, the trilogy. Um. And uh, no, I'm sorry. Mortal Kombat trilogy had the trilogy, and and then they had four, and then they started off with the uh, the PS2, and you know the next gen uh, games with Deadly Alliance, Deception. I know Steven played that one before. Um, but one thing I like more about the most recent installment, Mortal Kombat 11, was the story. The story was pretty crazy. 
And uh, I know you guys probably haven't seen anything about it, but that's definitely something that I would like to share just so you guys can understand what's going to happen with Aftermath. Okay. What, well, what they uh, showed with the, the trailer with Aftermath. Um, Is that something you want to speak on now since you have the floor? Sure. I mean, maybe I should give a little spoiler alert here. Uh, well, whoa, whoa, hold on. First of all, <laughs> we we would like to not spoil anything. So, is this an actual spoiler, or are you just discussing the trailer that's already out there? Well, I was gonna I was gonna talk a, a little bit on Mortal Kombat 11 and and how it ended and how it plays into the trailer that you see now, because um, just watching the trailer, you you're not gonna understand anything because you would need to know what exactly happened in the story. Hmm. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that pixel? Uh, I don't know. I think we're trying to keep this uh, spoiler free here. So if you want to discuss the content coming on the trailer, I think that might be best uh, in case any of our listeners are looking to pick up Mortal Kombat and would not like that lore spoiled for them. Okay. No, I could keep it spoiler free. Yeah. So um, pretty much with Mortal Kombat 11, the core story, uh, there was a, she's a titan her name is chronica she's the keeper of time so she can you know control time she has a huge uh hourglass that she can use to travel time right so obviously she ends up losing to one of the um earth realmers and uh pretty much the way that the trailer starts for aftermath is you know you see who obviously won and who defeated her and, and it, it was Liu kang um and and then she he was about to you know change time because she um you know, again, she controls time. So he was going to change it to how he wanted to do it. And then Shang Tsung comes out of nowhere and he teleports in and he says that they're going to make a mistake and they're going to, you know, pretty much just wipe out existence or, or whatever. And he said that he can be sent back to time to try to correct everything and do things the right way. And that's what's crazy to me because um, I'm sure as Steven knows, he said he played Deception and maybe games before that. But Shang Tsung isn't really known for somebody who can be trusted. You know what I mean? Like, his whole character is based on deception. Yeah, he's essentially one of the main villains of the Mortal Kombat lore. Yeah, so so pretty much he tells Raiden and Liu Kang to send him back so he can do things the right way. And I guess that's what they end up doing. And uh, you see throughout the trailer, you know, events that took place during the game just happened a little bit differently during the aftermath you know how he's uh rewriting pretty much the Mortal Kombat 11 core story and uh to me I mean it's interesting to me because again I wouldn't have trusted him but just imagine the plot twist there being that he's actually genuine and trying to do what's best for everybody that would be crazy to me yeah, that is pretty crazy pretty awesome I mean, you know, now I know this isn't exactly like within the lore, but, you know, thinking back on the, the Mortal Kombat movies of the 90s, the first one, we don't talk about the second one, but how he was the, the primary antagonist there. So it is kind of interesting to see how they take that persona and do that plot twist and kind of shake it up to its core to show him on the, um, on the ally side, if you will, instead of being the villain. Yeah, so and even in the uh, the trailer, you also see how even Kronika, uh, you know, she mentions that 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 the Earth Realmers have pretty much taken taken on a uh, an ally that they can't even trust. You know what I mean? So it's just to me, it, it's exciting that it comes out in two days on the twenty sixth, 
And I'm definitely going to be playing that as soon as it comes out. Another announcement that I have, if you guys don't mind, is um, Evo. Yeah. So Evo, what that is, is an annual fighting game tournament. It's pretty much the uh, the mecca of fighting game tournaments is, is the Super Bowl, if you will. And uh, they pretty much switched their whole, you know, their, their whole uh, tournament this year to online. Uh, usually they, they run the events over one weekend in Las Vegas. And now it's going to be over five weekends starting from July 7th. Uh, one of the big changes between the original games that they were going to play in person is Smash Bros. Ultimate is no longer part of the lineup, which I, I think it's it's mostly because of their, their you know, online. They have a, a terrible net code. And uh, playing a, a game online, it, it gets so laggy that, you know, there's no way that there's going to be a high-level competitive play with how much you know, lag there is with uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah, you know, the online was actually, or is actually one of the biggest gripes you see a lot within the Super Smash Bros. community of how terrible it is, especially since there is that desire for everyone to have that competitive play either in some sort of rank format or amongst friends. So that's why you generally see a lot of the gameplay kind of like uh, on one console, right? Especially with the up to eight players that they do allow. So I I think Nintendo sh- would benefit from modifying their netcode or even revamping it to allow more stability, you know, so they don't lose out on things like this. Imagine the revenue that they could possibly acquire for having Smash Bros. at Evo, you know, and that exposure to people who don't really recognize it. Um, But it is cool to see that uh, this mecca of events, Evo, is now... uh, You said that they're incorporating Mortal Kombat 11 now because it was not part of the original roster? Is that what you mentioned? Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, You said that Mortal Kombat 11 is now part of the roster, so it wasn't initially? Oh, yeah, so... um... You know, but you made a great point. Just to, to uh, piggyback on what you just said, um, I was kind of hoping that, you know, this Smash Bros. Ultimate being taken out of the lineup would kind of like force Nintendo to to upgrade their netcode and and just make everything better overall when it comes to playing online. Um, but yeah, that's the main reason why it didn't it wasn't added or it wasn't kept in the lineup. Um, so Mortal Kombat 11 was originally out of the lineup, which to me was a little disappointing, obviously because I love it, but um, it was it was a surprise for everybody. You know, it, it's a fairly new game. It's only a year old, and they already took it out of the lineup. Every other, you know, NRS game before that had at least two years at EVO, and this one was only set to be for one year. Um, but interestingly enough, MK11 for EVO Online this year is one of only four games that are going to be open play, you know, where they start in, in pools, like anybody can join. Um, the other games from the original lineup, Sans uh, Ultimate, they're just going to be exhibition matches. You know what I mean? So they had in the original lineup, it was Undernight Inbirth, Tekken 7, Dragon Ball Fighters, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, Soul Calibur VI, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Samurai Showdown. And they also, which this is something I was super excited for, they were bringing back Marvel vs. Capcom 2 because it's the 20th anniversary. And they were going to do a, a nice little eight-person, uh, you know, bracket there with four returning champions. And they haven't announced which ones they were, but um, it, it would just be something exciting to see. You know what I mean? So, um, so they they they're not going to do any, any open play for those, I guess, because again, 
the net code is not as good as the the other four that they added, which are I'll go over them. It's Mortal Kombat 11, as we previously mentioned. Uh, Killer Instinct, which is an amazing game. Skullgirls is also pretty fun. And another game that I've just come across is called Them's Fighting Herds. So those four games were added because of their awesome net code. Wow, that's actually impressive to think about yeah, that. Right, that, that that technical aspect would completely um, devoid someone of that ability to participate yeah. in this tournament. So, I mean, so I, I obviously I don't play these fighting games, at least not competitively, and not to the extent as books here, because Jesus, you said a lot of names that I don't recognize. But... <laughs> But no, I can't help but think like as um if I if I were to compete, how there's there's a disadvantage now by doing it online. How how do you think the community would take, you know, the first place winner if their MS or their ping was, you know, faster um or slower or whatever? That the MS was different in general than the person that came in second. Do you think you think that title will still be honored as much or that this year is just going to be kind of a, you know, pat on the back, good job. Yeah, sure, you won. We'll see who the real winner is in 2021 if we get to do it in person. Well, you know, interestingly enough, when it comes to this specific situation, a lot of the pros were actually not happy about that, um, being that, you know, like you mentioned, anything goes when it comes to online, you know, it's not as clean, it's not as, as lagless. Well, actually land, there's no lag at all. You know what I mean? Uh, but you can't have an online fighting game, you know, competition without experiencing lag. There's just right, no, absolutely for sure. no way. For sure. You know, but even coming from a first person shooter perspective, right? Let, let's take Halo, right? Uh, <laughs> right. No, it's true. But, going. I know no, where this but, is going. No, no, no. But, but think about it like this. So imagine if, one of the final kills in a match is counted as like um, a, a headshot, right? But in reality, because the person who lost had the worst ping, he was actually crouching. So it was like a, a body shot instead. You know what I mean? But the yeah, lag yeah, yeah. incorporated it for that loss. So wouldn't the same thing happen here if maybe an ability comes out a second after and the person yeah, has for sure you know so th there are a lot of things that take it to effect and it's I gonna be it's gonna be what input the server received first i mean that's what it comes down to that's what lag and latency is right your connection between the device and the server whatever the server picks up first that's what happened you know whoever has the faster internet at that millisecond is going to receive that input and I know enough about these fighting games that, you know, the better input or the faster received input is usually the input that's going to or they going to change the outcome of the fight, basically, because they're going to be the ones attaining those combos or those blocks in time or whatever the case is um, when it comes to winning that match. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's great that Evo is continuing to keep the fans happy. But I, I just don't see these wins being honored as they normally would during a, a local environment. Right, because it, it's almost like it, it's not under the, the same playing field, essentially. I, I agree. Yeah, it's not baselined. And I don't know. To me, I have an issue with that. But, I mean, what, what's your take on it, Books? You're, you're a huge uh, member of this the fighting community. What, what, what are your thoughts? So I feel like 
I mean, they haven't really said much about how this is going to count towards like actual rankings for other tournaments and what have you. Um, but I feel like it, it may still count. I'm not sure how much they're going to, you know, because it's a point system. I don't know if they're going to make it the same amount of points as it normally would have been if it were, you know, at an actual event. Um, but I feel like the fighting game community isn't going to accept the winners as if, as if, you know, as if, you know, it were something that they were doing in person, you know what I mean? Like at an event. Like right. I said. Um, but I know that the winners are most likely going to, you know, flaunt their trophy if they win. You know, so. <laughs> I mean, I would, if I won something like that for sure, but of course, and here, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, here's the other, the other technical issue that I have with it. Be with it being online, you can't help the fact that there are trolls on the internet. Not only that, there are people out there who like to do malicious things when it comes to internet-based events. And what's to say that they're not going to try to take down Evo during the competition that's going to mess with these results? Hey, don't give them any ideas. Come on. I'm not giving them any ideas. These, <laughs> these people have been planning this since Evo said we're doing it online. I guarantee Probably, you. right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's huge. It happens all the time. And I, I, I mean, I could think back... Uh, Four years ago, when League of Legends and Twitch were being targeted, um, I forgot who, what the hacker group was, but they were intentionally bringing down Riot servers and bringing down Twitch servers. And, you know, they were targeting top streamers for Twitch and, and League, and they were just completely just, you know, ruining their online experience. It's not an impossible thing to do, and I just kind of hope um, Evo the people organizing it are prepared for that. And I, since I work in this field, I can say it, I don't think it matters how much equipment you throw at it. If someone's determined to take you down, they're going to disrupt it at least enough to cause a, an uproar. If, if they wanted to, obviously the, the, I'm, I'm being the, uh, what the, the, the pessimist in this scenario, the devil's um, advocate, the devil's advocate. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's just that's in the back of my mind since I work in tech that I'm always thinking that that's that that can happen. And it, I, it just, I don't know. No, yeah, I mean, it definitely can. And I, I just hope it doesn't. Um, So far, you know, it, it's it has the makings of a decent tournament, especially online. Um, If this were something that they did in actual Las Vegas at the uh, Mandalay Bay where they tend to do their events, it would have been crazy. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. so far, what they've they've announced is um, that there's going to be special exhibitions and content for the Evo 2020's original lineup. So I think that they may be doing something like, um, you know, at an actual location, uh, people, you know, distance enough or maybe taking uh, a test for COVID uh, before entering the, the location or whatnot. I feel like they're, they're probably going to do something like that, especially for mortal... Um, I almost said Mortal Kombat, Marvel versus Capcom two, because yeah. as you may know, that's not an online game. So if they want, yeah, keep sure. Let's pretend I knew that. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, that game came out on. Yeah, no, it wasn't an online game. So um, and I was kind of hoping that, being that they were going to be at, at that that game was going to be at Evo, that they would re-release it for you know current gen. That would have been crazy. I, I would have loved that, but. Um, to me, you know, that's one of the best fighting games ever. Uh, you never really seen anything like that before where they put like a huge, massive cast together. I know they did it with the first one, obviously, but that one kind of felt like, 
it felt like a Street Fighter game more than a Marvel versus Capcom game. You know what I mean? I feel like MVC two was the one that actually started um that made Marvel Capcom what it is, Marvel versus Capcom what it is today. No, I would definitely agree. You know, speaking of kind of like the uh, the re-releases, the remasters, um, I, if you haven't heard yet, the Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater, the first two, one and two, uh, are being remastered, right? Um, we're talking about new visuals. We're talking about, um, right, the, the, the roster, right? And I think that's one of the biggest things that people are looking forward to. They are including the original rosters for those games, but they're throwing in a twist. It's actually crazy. Um, everyone that was in the original game, the original skaters, when they were at the prime of their careers, are being implemented in the game at their current age. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? So we're talking about the, the players that you'll be controlling in the game will be in their mm-hmm. 40s and 50s um, with the original maps and everything. And it's something minor. But I think it's pretty innovative for the games to to do that. Yeah, I kind of hope that when they do the voiceover recordings, that they throw in some jabs in there, like my knee, my back, oh, my <laughs> joints. That. <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> that would be awesome, right? Like when you fall, <laughs> they they just have a, a I don't know, just a jab. Like I don't think I can get up from that or something. That's that sounds um, like I just got this hip. <laughs> <laughs> That that would be that that would be great actually, but no, that I I think that's a really cool take. Um, I definitely respect that choice for sure. I think that's a cool take to basically show that you know you can be you can get older and you can still do things that you know you enjoy, act you know, and still be active. Yeah, I like definitely. That. I like that message. Um, in in other news, um, a former vice president of. Uh, of third-party relations over at PlayStation, uh, Adam Boy suggested that uh, Sony's decision to not go to E3 is a sign of the current, uh, uh, how do we say this, uh, the current point in in these kind of types of events, right? So we had like Evo, right? Massive event going online. Uh, we have the Nintendo Directs, the Inside Xbox event, and then the uh, the more recent. Uh, what is it? Uh, State of Play, right? For PlayStation, where they recently showed the Ghost of Tsushima gameplay. That this is just how things are going to be moving forward. Um, and that's uh, kind of one of the things of why they decided to not even go to E3. I thought Sony was dropping E3 regardless this year, or they have already. They have so right, so they did already, and and one of the things that he kind of brought up were like the Nintendo Directs and the Inside Xbox events, and then that Sony right. started doing their own state of play. So these massive gatherings like E3, uses it sounds like he was just pointing in the direction that this is the end of their span, right? That they are no longer needed in this day and age, and it, it kind of brings up the, the conversation: like, is that the case? Is all digital? the way to go moving forward you know i kind I of think, felt like sorry go ahead no yeah no go ahead i i we're going to say the same thing i think it is i mean for announcements and things like that go digital why not definitely i i feel like e3 has been pretty much outdated for some time you know what i mean i agree uh, at least a few years i think i think the year that they opened it up to the public was the year they should have just gone digital and I that forgot was what you. 2016 right. Yeah, yeah, it used to be a private event. 
Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's insane. I think they should have, um, like, people get to do the games. Sure, it was great for anyone who attended, but I personally have never attended, you know, one of these major events. And most of the news that I got, I, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm not the type of person with the patience to wait in line for two or three hours to test out a new game. You know, think of all the the teasers they've had for Cyberpunk 2077 in these recent events. Um, it's you have the the NDAs you need to sign. You can't talk about anything in these gameplay demos that they're showing you. And Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, you can't do anything about it. Um, you can't record. You um, the news that you can give out is very very limited. Um, and on top of that, you can't even play the game. Like someone is playing this demo for you and you're sitting in the room watching. Now, this is my naiveness talking, but when Nintendo had the Breath of the Wild um, station set up, when Breath of the Wild was uh, first announced, you know, and people were, were playing, they were walking up and they had that small section of the map where they got to explore for, I think what was it, like 15, 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, before the next person got to go. I was under the assumption that that's how all um, events and setups were. That's how they should be. Announcements. Nine times out of ten, I'm sure that it's the case, but Cyberpunk 2077 is not taking that role when it comes to this. And now, let me tell you, I am completely hyped for this game, but the, the fan base, the current fan base, with that hype train that they have going, that's they want like any crumb of information that they can get. The biggest one recently, which is a little silly to me, but has has the community in some sort of positive outrage, is apparently during character creation, they confirmed that you oh will be gosh. able to see their genitals. That you, you can will? customize it. You can you customize will. their genitals. <laughs> and customize the genitals. I haven't seen People hyped up this much on genitals since you they confirmed that in Red Dead Redemption 2, whenever it was cold, you could see the horse ball shrink. <laughs> oh wow. I mean, that is some attention to detail for sure. It is, definitely. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, the current big thing. But that's not even something that you can experience. That was just said. So... Is it really worth waiting in line to play these these demos, right? Even if the game doesn't come out for like a year in advance, in Cyberpunk's case, is it worth watching the 30 minutes or an hour of gameplay? I think it's what it's been. But you're just sitting there in a room with, with a bunch of other people. And it's not even something you can even openly discuss, especially if you're you know, one of these journalists who have been waiting, or if you're one of the content creators on YouTube looking to uh, explore that portion of the uh, the industry. So I guess it just brings up a, a lot um, from that aspect. Uh, and then, you know, speaking on these releases on trailers, um, book series, uh, really looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, did you happen to check out that recent 18-minute uh, gameplay trailer? So I haven't really looked at the trailer yet, um, but I did read into it a lot. And, and it's definitely something that has been intriguing me more and more, you know, the more I read about the game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I seen the uh, the teaser uh, a long time ago. Uh, it, it intrigued me from the get go. And I even went to as far as pre-ordering the collector's edition uh, because it comes with his mask, it comes with Sakai's mask. So that's pretty cool. You know, I've always wanted to have a samurai mask. So um 
but yeah, I mean, that's definitely a game that I'm super excited for. Um, if for those of you that don't know, Ghost of Tsushima is an upcoming action adventure game, and it's developed by Sucker Punch. It's an open world game. It's the story's about Jin Sakai, and he's one of the last samurai on Tsushima Island, and it takes place during the first Mongol invasion of Japan, which I think it was in the 1200s. Yeah, so uh, when it comes to the game, again, it's an action-adventure stealth game. It's a third-person game, from what I've read, and it features a large open world, and it's not going to have any waypoints. So I wonder how, huh, you know... I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's not going to have any waypoints. That's going to be interesting. I wonder how many people are going to be able to, like, find their way, but it should. it's probably easy. I mean, there's a, when people play like Fallout and Skyrim, there's people that play, I forgot what that mode is called, where you just play it and you never use a waypoint. You go to every destination on whatever mode of transportation you have available, which I think is awesome, but I can't play like that. <laughs> I mean, if waypoints are available, I'm using them. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that. A Red Dead Redemption had something similar where you could remove the map, the compass, essentially most of your HUD, and you can only use like the, the paths that are on the road and the there were like old school uh street signs right like hey the town of valentine is this way and that's pretty much all that they were using which is awesome i and i can appreciate that um having it available for people to use as an option but to make people you know go from point a to point b because from what i was reading the map for ghost of tsushima is going to be huge very very large in scale so it's going to be interesting i know it's a beautiful game from what i've seen on the trailers and gameplay um but it's definitely i don't know it's i, I don't n knowing that i'm i'm a little taken aback because i don't have time to play as many games as i would like and i feel like i will be spending a lot of time i don't want to i don't want to see the the forest change in the background for 20 minutes until i get to wherever i'm going you know what i mean <laughs> no it's so true yeah, no, it's definitely... you know, like me you know i have i have a one-year-old now um so that cuts up into most of my time whenever i want to do anything um you know you got to make sure that the the wife and kid are okay so if i want a game i want to enjoy it fully i would love to try out ghost of tsushima um it did look beautiful from what i saw so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we got. Um, did you have any thoughts with the uh, upcoming games that are coming out? I think we had that list we wanted to take a look at for uh, the listeners. Yeah, so we do have that list. Um, and I wanted to run that by you guys and basically get you know any feedback or thoughts on anything on this list as I run through it. Um, so I guess we'll start off. Elder Scroll expansion that's coming out. Greymore coming out in June. Yeah, for the Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, coming out for the PS4 and the Xbox. Have, have either of you ever played Elder Scrolls Online? I played a little bit of the base game. I did not get as immersed as much as I thought I would, which was kind of disappointing because while it took me a very long time to fully immerse myself into Skyrim, once I did, I loved everything about it, and I did not feel the same love um, 
that I got from Skyrim into the Elder Scrolls Online. Not saying it's a bad game. I mean, it has its following. I mean, this is what its fourth or fifth expansion, I think. So it's not like they're not benefiting from it. Just in my personal experience, it's uh, it's unfortunately not my cup of tea. Um, right. And, and I enjoyed, you know, the, like the the MMOs that they have, right? Classic World right. of Warcraft. Um, I tried a couple of uh, characters on there um but that still felt like i wanted to be in there and i just didn't get that same uh reaction from uh the elder scrolls online i mean yeah that's understandable did you did you try it uh books so i have tried it um i you know progressed a little bit maybe to level 15 and um again just like steven said it didn't really capture me like skyrim did um and and just a, a you know Quick mention on, on what we were talking about before. Skyrim was actually the first game. My first playthrough through Skyrim was the first time that I ever did, you know, the whole game without fast traveling. So it's a little interesting piece of information there. I just walked <laughs> everywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to that game, I just feel like I, I tried getting into it. I, I like I like it, um, but I just feel like I want to play it with with like an actual group of people instead of doing it by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Especially, uh, and that's the take with a lot of MMORPGs is you're gonna want that guild, you're gonna want that clan where you, you know, you have these goals and achievements that you try to um, reach. I played a lot of WoW back in my day. I think we started in um, Wrath of the Lich uh, King. Wrath of the Lich King. Yes, thank you. Um, actually, no. Well, you started then. I started in Cataclysm um how i only started playing with you unless i started playing with junior is that what happened probably um yeah i started at uh warlords but uh yeah all right so let's move on to the next thing on the list which is switch is receiving bioshock one and two and also borderlands one and two and the pre sequel did I write that right? The pre-sequel, yes, is that really what it's called? Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, you're getting Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, and Borderlands, the pre-sequel of three separate games. Um, Borderlands games are fun. Again, kind of falls under the same aspect. Much more fun with a group of people. Don't get me started on Bioshock, all right? Those games were fantastic. As I was about halfway through the first one, the ending was ruined for me. Uh, so I'll never beat that. Same thing happened with two, and same thing happened with Bioshock Infinite. All the Bioshock what? games had the endings ruined for me. Was this from the same source, the same person? No, no, different sources, which is worse. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. I would have committed murder if it was the same person. Um, we are. I am very. <laughs> yeah, I am. So spoilers are probably like my top pet peeve with everything because you, you spend all that time playing the game, immersing yourself in the story, you know, getting all the splicers, all the upgrades just to find out that someone in the span of two seconds ruined everything for you. So in another yeah. 10 seconds, I had the entire Bioshock series ruined for me. Um, and same thing. Fun fact happened for years of war three. Yeah. Was that one me? I feel like that one might've been me. That was not you. Um, that was, uh, again, another separate source. Pretty sure people just target me. Um, I have a code in this line of the Matrix that we're in that, hey, this guy hates spoilers, so make sure he gets everything <laughs> spoiled for him. Yeah, that's what it feels like. 
Um, I mean, I'm currently playing Bioshock 1. I, I do want to complete the trilogy, and I do appreciate the fact that you have not spoiled it for me because you've mentioned it. Every time I tell you I'm playing Bioshock, you bring it up. So uh, thank you for not ruining that. It's a sour point for me. Um, it's, it's for me, great, too. Great, it's a great story. You're going to love it. Um, but, yeah, it was just it just happened to be boring for me. Um, and what's the next game coming out here? I have a question, next if you guys game. don't mind, about Bioshock. Yeah. So it just it just uh, occurred to me, um, Bioshock, like you mentioned, it definitely was a great story. But a lot of the games that that I'd like to buy are ones that I feel like would have a high replay value, right? And I just didn't get that from Bioshock, even though the game was great the first playthrough, and the story was amazing. I, I just don't, I, I can't see myself playing it again. I agree. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, especially when you like games like what Skyrim and Fallout, where you can play the game in with a completely different style, choose different weapons, shoot different loadouts, and and things like and gear yourself up differently. Where in Bioshock, you don't really have that option. I mean, you can try to go pistols only or or wrench only the whole way through, or <laughs> or try yeah. to just use fireballs or electric shock or telekinesis, which is my go-to. I only use telekinesis for everything. <laughs> I have killed a big daddy with a mop bucket over and over. It is hilarious. <laughs> well, think about it like this. So more recently, uh, books, did you play, uh, you did play God of War, right? 2018? Yes. Right? Does that have replay value for you? Uh, I think so. I would definitely love to play that game again. I, I haven't really... You know, after I beat it, I haven't played it. You know, it's funny that I say I would love to play it again. Um, I haven't played it since. It's been like maybe two months. I just recently beat it. Um, but that's only because, again, I've been getting my hands on pretty much every fighting game that I can. And uh, out of all the names that, that I've mentioned during my, um, you know, when I was talking about Evo, Dems Fighting Herds is the only game out of all those that I do not own. Is And it's out currently? Yes, it is out currently. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I seen the game. I don't think it's for me. The net code might be great and all, but it's like literally farm animals fighting. Oh. <laughs> Plot twist. Right, what? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that at all. Cool. Um, that was fighting herds, you know. So, it, you like, know, now the name herd. makes sense. The yeah. name makes a lot of sense. It definitely. And like does. I said before, is a is a good play on them's fighting words, though. You know, people say that I guess sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I might try it, but I'm not gonna buy it before i play it you know what i mean so no i hear all you. right but yeah like like <laughs> i would like i wouldn't do god of war again i got it to like 93 percent the first time and yeah great story but like that was it for me um what else you got on that list there tortuga so up next is valorant coming out on pc june 2nd um so let's talk about that for a little bit because we were all fortunate to get the beta key um from riot and we've played it since we've had that key I love the game I a lot. Game. I'm bad at the game, but that game is fun. <laughs> wow, that game I is too, fun. Yeah, I too am bad at the game. And I should preface this with, or preface this with the fact that I didn't play CFGO ever. And a lot of people tell me that Valorant is basically CSGO with like Overwatch abilities. And, you know, I can see that, um, but I can definitely feel myself getting more and more addicted to Valorant each game that I play. Even when okay. I lose, I'm like, you know what? I'd lost because it was my fault and I just need to get better. So time to put more hours into this game until I can win over and over and over. Except those uh, couple games we had where we had two DCs 
each time. Yeah. That was always a, a whole bunch of fun. Um, yeah. Can't wait for those penalties to kick in. But yeah, I I love Valorant. Um, let me tell you, I'm bad, right? I'm I'm not good at Valorant. But even I was still scoring my you know triple kills here and there. Yeah, uh, it, it's much more tactical base instead of spamming abilities. Like I feel Overwatch is, and I love Overwatch. Right, uh, that was a day one game. So it is very. Um, I'm very glad to see that it is getting its full release uh, coming out of beta, and. Um, you know, I did play Counter-Strike on LAN back in, like, 2005 or something, back in my uh, wow. computer repair class, yeah. Um, and it was uh, just, you know, within, like, classmates and things like that. So, I I enjoy the game. I really, really hope to play a lot more of it. Uh, so, we'll see what that goes. And uh, maybe you guys catch me on stream, you know, missing all those headshots. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll go ahead and take a look at that. <laughs> yeah, so I like the game a lot too. Um, you know, just like you mentioned, it's like a hybrid between CS:GO, which is a game that I've I've loved for a couple years now, and uh, Overwatch was another game that I feel like we don't play enough. But I agree ten thousand percent, and you know why? <laughs> because all our friends are low leveled, and we can never play competitive. When whenever we try to get a group together, so I think it's time we dump them and just get on competitive. You and I, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Um, but yeah, Valorant is definitely a, a fun game. You know, I, I'm still stuck in between CS:GO and Valorant, even though they, they're very similar. But just you know, Valorant, you have those abilities, and I feel like that should have been something that would make me lean more towards Valorant. But I, I I don't know. I guess I'm just biased when it comes to that because CS:GO was super fun for me. Um, I again when I started gaming on PC, you know, you guys know that I've been a console gamer my whole life, and I got a PC what four years ago. Um, that pretty much has been my favorite first-person shooter since I played CS:GO. I mean, I think that story rings true for the three of us. We all started on console, and I switched to PC. Not switch, but I added PC Defected. to my repertoire. <laughs> back in 2012 um so what eight years now and I, I still play my xbox and my switch um when i when i can and it's i i haven't thrown them away they haven't become paperweights you know it's funny now that you mentioned switch the only time my switch actually gets used is, is right before bed like if i'm just laying there and i can't fall asleep and i'll just you it know counts. hop on the switch and stuff. it definitely counts <laughs> um yeah i i built mine back in like uh fall of 2018 i think it was um and i i love it i definitely have been neglecting my xbox a little bit but even so with the um the remote connector i can play the xbox games right on my computer as well so it's it's i think it's worth um the upgrade but that's just my personal opinion i mean currently the way consoles sit pc is obviously better for the better graphics and that immersion because you're closer to the screen. But I always throw the argument that I decide what I'm going to use to play based on, do I want to sit on my computer chair or do I want to sit on the couch? <laughs> so depending how my back feels, <laughs> um, is was going to determine what console I play or what yeah, system age. I play. It's funny. <laughs> what? Aging. What's funny you just said that? that though, because um, just, I'm sorry, uh, but just last night, you know, I, I told you guys before that I downloaded Sims 4. Um, it was free on or, uh, EA Origins on the computer before on the mm -hmm. PC. And um, I also got Sims 4 on the PS4 one month. It was included with the PlayStation Plus. So 
yesterday, last night, the PS4 and the computer, the PC, were both free. And my wife decides to play Sims 4 on the PS4, and I asked why. And she's like, because I don't want to sit on that, on that chair the whole time, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely something you have to think about when you're going to spend two or three hours in one spot. Um, all right. So let's let's move on to the next thing on the list. Outer World coming to the Switch June 5th. Uh, Steven, you said that you played this? I, I did play Outer World. It's a really quirky. It's made by Obsidian, uh, who um, they're the developers who were responsible for the original Fallout games. Um, before Bethesda took it over for Fallout 3. Uh, but they were in charge of Fallout New Vegas, if you played that one. So they developed that. It's a first-person shooter. Um, it plays very, very similar to Fallout. I played it yep. on Xbox Game Pass, and I enjoy it very much, uh, probably about 30% in or so. And mm-hmm. the the abilities, the upgrade system, weapon system, repair, it's it kind of makes uh, fun of itself a little bit like that. Um, you kind of travel to different worlds. That's how they do, like, the the areas. And uh, I, I think it's worth a shot if you like those types of games, like Skyrim. More Fallout because it is more uh, as far as, like, the gunplay, right? Similar to that, more than, like, the Skyrim melee and magic. Uh, but, yeah, I would definitely say check it out if you're a fan of those games. Which I am, so I definitely will. Thank you. You know, I um I felt a little Borderlands esque, you know, for that game as well. Borderlands, like, and maybe crossover with the uh, Fallout. Um, but one funny thing that I've come across recently was a channel for um, speedrunners. Uh, they actually play, or they do voice, or the developers, or, or I guess a few people on the developing uh, development team watch speedrunners just obliterate their game. And <laughs> the one, the first one that I've seen was actually Outer Worlds. That's right. And it's it just so much. One. It's so funny because they talk so much crap and they're like, oh, you know, they're doing it the wrong way or whatever. They, the guy beat it in 12 minutes, a whole game, like Outer Worlds in 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty insane. It reminded me of the one with, I saw one with uh, Cuphead. Uh, if you ever hate yourself, uh, play that game. It's ridiculously hard. But I saw the that same the developers watching a speed run of Cuphead. It was two of them. And they actually, they were much nicer than of the outer worlds one but they were actually very impressed and they went into like some of the code and things that they left in there on purpose for speedrunners um but they did cuphead in like 20 25 minutes or something like that wow yeah the entire thing isn't that insane i still haven't been insane i still have not beat that game it's so hard I'm, i'm in the second area that game is that game literally just raises my blood pressure it's like the only reason it exists Definitely. Uh, I can't beat the dragon. I don't think I even got to the dragon. Um, I was doing the uh, the roller coaster. That's where I'm stuck. Oh, the clown? Yeah. Yeah, he was a pain at first. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting game. But 25 minutes, that's crazy. Yeah, the entire thing, right? That's crazy. Dratuga, what else you got on that list? Next up is Last of Us Part 2 coming onto the PS4 only. June nineteenth. <laughs> so, so that game I'm excited for as well. But that's another game that doesn't have, uh, you know, I know we mentioned it earlier that that replay value. Um, I played The Last of Us one once. Uh, I got the story because you really can't miss anything. Right, it's a very narrative driven game. Um, 
but I, I loved it. I'm excited for the sequel. See where they're going to take that. Uh, you are taking control of Ellie um, as a primary character instead of Joel, like you did in the first one. I am very curious to see how Naughty Dog is going to uh, move forward with the story. So I'm keeping an eye on, an eye on that, and I hope you guys are as well. I definitely want to. I haven't beat the first one yet, but I plan on doing that before the game comes out. And I definitely want to, you know, play this game as it comes out. Um, I, I don't, you know, like I mentioned before, uh, when I try when I buy games, I try to look at it's it's I try to measure its replay value. But um, just like you said, I, I don't see myself playing the first one again. The second one can change it. I uh, can't change my mind on that, but uh, I, I just want to beat the first one. I, I don't know what it is with me when, when it comes to games. Like, let's say The Witcher 3, I haven't played it yet because I want to beat the first two. You know what I mean? And that's probably crazy. I probably everybody that I know you guys played it. Everybody that listens to us has probably played Witcher 3 because that's like one of the biggest games ever. And I, I just, you know, I haven't I haven't played it. It's crazy. So with the the Witcher, I think one of the things I appreciated the most about it is that you really did not need to play the first two. It might help in the background, but even the Witcher three incorporated a um, like you can simulate a save from the Witcher two, which is the main one that matters because choices in that game would carry over. You know, I think one of the things is um, a tattoo that Geralt can have based on one of the choices from Witcher 2, so that would carry over, you know? So there is a section where, before you meet the king, where you basically are getting interrogated, and your answers there determine what is simulated in that save. Um, And again, it is completely optional. I didn't play the first two. I purchased them after on GOG, um, just in case that's something that I would ever do, because they were on sale. Um, but I, in my opinion, it is not necessary to grasp the full story. Like I got everything that I needed from it. You sure it's not a Bioware game? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so just one thing, uh, just to touch on uh, the developer CD Projekt Red. I don't know if you guys have heard, but it, it's re- it recently became the biggest developer in Europe. That is huge. Um, they actually pushed out Ubisoft, who has been a giant for how many years? Um, so, yeah, CD Projekt Red taking that over as becoming the biggest developer in Europe. That I think that's huge. And it's, it's kind of crazy to see that all of it kind of stemmed from the unreleased game of Cyberpunk 2077. Um, that game has paid itself and then some in pre-orders, and it is very interesting to see how that has affected it. Um, so well, I'm definitely looking forward to see what they kind of pull off in the future. Hey, speaking of pre-orders, I don't know if you've seen the picture that I posted in, in our you know group chat uh, where Microsoft Store priced the uh, collector's edition of cyberpunk at almost uh, yeah basically two thousand dollars it was one thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents that's crazy yeah i think that's a fair price (laughs) (laughs) um all right so last on our list sea of thieves is coming to steam um which is i find super interesting that that's happening because i don't know i just didn't expect that from microsoft to release that over to steam well, it's it's kind of funny you mentioned that because um, the recently released uh, Master Chief Collection, um, that's also on Steam. And a buddy of mine was playing with it while we were chatting in Discord. I guess the achievements are carrying over as well. 
Um, I yeah, right. Uh, I am kind of curious on why you would get it on Steam and not the Windows Store, but I guess that's just me because I've been playing most of it under Game Pass anyway, um, and not Steam. So, um, but yeah, it's it's not the first thing that they've done. I think they added Cuphead as well to Steam, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and I think right. Ori as well. So um, right. I just want to, yeah, I want to mention one thing about that. So I, I read before, uh, and this was part of the, uh, you know, Smash Bros. Ultimate article in regards to getting Master Chief as a character. So according to, you know, sources from, what is it, HAL Laboratory? They pretty much stated that Microsoft has been looking for another console, another platform to take on their full library. And they said that the only way that they would allow Master Chief to become a character in Smash Bros. is if Nintendo's willing to take on their full library. And I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of these games that we just talked about are available on the Switch too, except for Master Chief Collection. But Ori's on the Switch, uh, Cuphead's on the Switch, and it looks like they're going to keep going down that path. Hopefully Master Chief does end up as a playable character in, in Smash Bros. That would be <laughs> that awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah awesome i mean we got and Snake, also man. getting halo on switch would be cool too i guess you know playing halo on the go just a story mode not even just online but just playing yeah. it anywhere you want to go you know that'd be great that would be fun all right so that about wraps up our list and so let's end it with a little bit of gaming history pixel what do you have for us yep so today we will be talking about jazz jackrabbit it was a platformer released in 1994 uh, for pc and macintosh um by Epic Mega Games, which may sound familiar because today they are known as Epic Games as one of their uh, first games that they released on here. That's pretty cool. Uh, so Epic has quite a long history, a lot longer than I expected. Thank you. for Yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that about wraps up our episode for this week. So thank you all for listening and stay tuned for the next episode next Monday. Boom. Hit the button. Ha <laughs> ha.